And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault, and it is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with the one and only Bob Bodine today. You are going to have the time of your life. This is the most connected human being I've ever known in my life. Every time I turn around, this guy is rubbing shoulders with a muckety-muck of epic proportion. We owe him our life in Colorado. Colorado will never be the same. Here's Deion Sanders. He's down here coaching a really, really small college, Jackson State, doing a heck of a job, really, really doing a great job of turning those kids around football-wise and life-wise. Biggest Christian guy you ever want to meet in your life. He says, you know, one of these days I'm going to be in the NFL or something like that, but nobody really listened, you know. They thought he was just stuck down there. Not Bob Bodine. Bob Bodine got him placed at the University of Colorado. He is now a Colorado Buffalo, and it is on like Donkey Kong, isn't it? It is like Donkey Kong. Don't you just love Bob Bodine? (laughs) I I love him so much. I already loved him so much, and uh, now that he plays Coach Prime, there's just you didn't know that. I did know it, but it's but they they didn't. Okay, well that's the way that goes. Good boy. Go buffs. Contact mapping. Amen. Let's go. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it is so cool and. What I love even more is that uh, the the entire name of the game of Bob and the company that he runs and the program that he runs and the inside baseball story of how Coach Prime and the athletic director of the University of Colorado and the whole thing came to be is 100% a story of character and p- the right people going to the right places at the right time in order for this all to happen. And so let's talk a little bit about that, Bob, because. No, I want to talk about something else. You people are stupid enough to think (laughs) it happened like over a weekend. It happened over about 20 years. That's the difference between Bob Bodine and the world. He develops the relationships, nurtures them until such point that there is a collision in the universe called God saying this is supposed to happen. And God thinks, who am I going to call to execute this plan? Bob Bodine. And that's what's there. So I wanted to get that across to everybody. This guy is no flash in the pan. He's the real deal. And I love him. And I'm so excited that I'm screwing the show up already. So now <laughs> I that, that didn't take long. <laughs> so I talk a little bit about the, the backstory behind this as much as you can, because you're exactly right, dad, that, you know, these things that look like, oh, wow, isn't that cool? there were 20 chess moves that happened in the background before the big, you know, the big boom that everybody got all excited about that all, that all of this came about in a very methodical and very powerful way. So talk, whether you can talk in specific terms or, or in more general terms, cause I know this is a, a story that has played out in many places across your entire career. How does that look as far as getting the right people in the right place for you, Bob? Thank you. First, it's so, I mean, to be with the Chenaults, I mean, come on, get out of here. This is like the greatest of all time. I feel like family, though. It's uh, it's now way past all this. I wore my special t- Texas Ranger hat just for Tom. Uh, yep, he gave so- I, Oh, my God, you guys can't believe it. We walked into the shop, the, the store where you get all the stuff, and they go, Mr. Bodine. And I walk in, and they go, "Who is this Tom? And I go, yeah, I'm Tom. Well, Mr. Bodine wants you to have anything you want in the whole store. And so I got it. Every, everything about the day he took me to the Texas Rangers to game was unbelievable. I don't know if we're going to get to that, but he wore that hat for a reason because he remembered it meant something to me. He's got 500 hats. He had to grab the one that meant something to me. 
you are unbelievable. I'm going to interrupt this whole show. Just little Bobism, <laughs> I got to point out, because the guy's well, a magician. You're so right. I mean, one of the things that uh, I think that's just what friends are all about. One of the things that early in the process is that, you know, this is a, the whole story is, uh, is friendship and getting to know people to where you all of a sudden can get to know them in such a way that when in a business, it becomes so small, the, the people you cross all of a sudden touch and get to things that are so amazing. And that's pretty much how we've kind of configured this so far. My, you know, I got to know uh, Deion Sanders back, I don't know, seven and a half, eight years ago uh, when, you know, when he came to my office and he wanted to talk about, uh, you know, how do I uh, get into the coaching field? And so he kind of spent a, a day with with me and, and my right hand at the time. And, and we we spent time talking all about the various strategies and all about the people. And then uh, he, you know, he maneuvered out, got a fantastic job at Jackson State. And of course, he's not just your normal guy. I mean, he's got 40 million people on <laughs> on social media that follows him. I mean, I mean, he's the largest name, image, and likeness person, which is now the hottest thing you could possibly do. He probably understands the portal better and uh, than anything else. And uh, and then on the other side, all of a sudden, the guy Rick George, who you met, Tom, because he yeah. was the president of the Texas Rangers when you came uh, to the game with me, and. Uh, and so we had a chance to kind of spend time with him and, and a number of others. But the fun part about doing doing life with these people is that Rick George was a Colorado buff and, you know, uh, he was a coach. I placed him in his first job all of a sudden in PGA Tour. He then moved and I placed him then at the Texas Rangers. And then all of a sudden he's a Colorado AD. And then his job comes open. We did one time his job where I put in Mel Tucker who's now at Michigan State, and he did that, but they paid him the largest amount of money after a year to leave. Uh, it was so unbelievable. So this time, um, it was like perfect timing, right? And everyone in the world wanted Deion Sanders. And they, you know, mainly because he's just so connected and and no one else really had a chance but us. <laughs> and so we kind of we kind of brought him in. This was the right move for him. It's the right city. Uh, a boulder. It's the it's the right spot. He he was telling a story the other day that he had never really been in the snow and he was out snowmobiling and he was doing something and he said, "My gosh, it was thirty degrees, but thirty degrees in Colorado is like warm compared to being like thirty degrees in Dallas, you know, or something where you're all of a sudden freezing." And so, he's a strong character, great quality person. I don't know if you've seen one of his his social his 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 four series thing docu series. Uh, on him, but um, you know, he brings out the rock. He brings out Snoop Dogg. He brings, <laughs> there's nobody who doesn't come with him in this process. He's got a fantastic agent, Constance. And, uh, and, and one of my other friends, uh, Jordan Bajant was another guy that played a part in this. So you have like a, another agent over here who's introducing me to his agent, becoming great friends with her. And she's not just, you know, someone, she's like a studio head. I mean, she, you know, he doesn't just pick like agents. So how can you pull all these pieces around and then keep it quiet until the very end? And everyone's speculating, but no one really knew until the very end. And then all of a sudden, a number of people thought they were going to have them. But, you know, Tom, um, we, we kind of tried to lock that up pretty quick. Right. Unbelievably beautiful. Who the heck is Bob Bodine? So you just tell these people how it is that you got named by Roger Goodell 
as the most powerful man in the National Football League, nobody ever heard of. How did you get there from here? It's unbelievable. You know, um, I just been blessed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's to some degree a little bit goes back to uh, how I started in, in a little bit of, of spending time. I do a I've done the same meeting for, you know, for 40 plus years for for mentoring advice and daily guidance. And I call it two chairs and, and people, you know, do a lot of things where they're out trying to find information and find favor and find direction and find their plan and they don't do it. And, and I know we'll talk about two chairs, but it's one chair for God and one for you. And so one of the great things is, is I just sit there and listen to him and talk. And one of the things I said to him one time was I had gotten into the search business and was doing 10 years of executive search placing manufacturing CEOs and you know, presidents of, of technology companies and all of that. And I turned to my dad who had started the whole industry in 1967. I mean, he's kind of like Ronald Reagan. I mean, he's just one of those guys that he walked in a room and he just carried it. And I said to him, you know, I should do what I love and what I'm really good at. And I think there's a lot of people who are listening that kind of want to tie that. Could I really do what I love with people I love in a place I love where my family loves it and I could do it for all the right reasons? My dad said, so what are you really talking about? And I said, well, when I do a search, for like the president of a manufacturing company, at the end of the search, I get a tour of the plant. But if I did the head of marketing for the NBA, we'd get All-Star Weekend. And so could you possibly believe that, you know, one of the things about two chairs is just a discipline of sitting and, and, and coming in and saying, hey, so what do you want to do? And I really believe, you know, my job is to find the one person who can change a company, change a team, um, you know, for the better of not just for themselves, but for the team, right? To create the right atmosphere, the right, the collegiality, the right, you know, motivation to make kids good on the field and off the field, to make people feel like they're loved and affirmed. And so my opening, one of the guys who was on our board of directors, I had no idea when, when my dad rolled it out to him and said, hey, Bob wants to do something in sports. The odds are is my opening search was the commissioner of baseball where I put in Bud Selig. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, like I interviewed Colin Powell and and uh, every governor and, and every person who, who, you know, ran Disney and ran all the various media and studio companies. And so I got well connected into that. And then I kind of did the Arena Football League. We kind of started that kind of like what, what what like the rock is taking over now, you know, for XFL. And and I and then we did Continental Basketball League, which is really now the G League. And so then we really took off and started doing all the pro teams and then college took off. And so now we place like, God has just blessed us. I mean, we place like 54 of the hundred athletic directors in the country and 90 coaches. That is sick. Isn't that just crazy? It's the cool, it's the coolest thing ever. And, and it's on a level, you know, that I, I just, I, I don't even know how to put words to that, but the, you know, the level of difficulty, everyone on earth would like to have your job, right? Like what, what I mean, they like, think they it's do. like, yeah, for sure. Amen. They think they would, but you know, you're, you're, you're a kid, you're a college kid. You want to get into sports. Like that is like, man, that's the dream board right there. And you have not just achieved it. You really kind of created it because it didn't exist until until it came about and i know that your faith and your 
daily walk with God is is a huge component of that. And and we're we're one minute into a break, so that's a whole gigantic can of worms that I want to open, but that we shouldn't open with a minute left to the show. But I I just you know to to number one have the audacity to ask to go and create this thing that you dreamed into existence and that couldn't have happened without divine intervention in order for those those way you know for for it to all open itself up and then to experience it is just a beautiful thing and so we're going to go to a break here we're talking to bob bodine uh founder of eastman bodine the number one recruiting agency for executive placement of coaches and execs in the sports world in the world and he's just an amazing human being so on the break go check out bob bodine it's b-e-a-u-d-i-n-e Dot com. Go check out his two books, Two Chairs and The Power of Who. Book him to come speak for your organization, and we'll be back right after this. All right. Aren't you just some barely Holy mackerel? Barely spit it so off. Smooth. Jason, can you come in here without having to start the show back up? He's so smooth. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thank you, Doug Stair. Thank you very much, Elizabeth Larson. Elizabeth Larson is one up in me. I'm talking to somebody about being a guest. He goes, oh. Elizabeth Larson already asked me. Cody Bateman, unbelievable, good job. I do not want to be a producer. I want to be a reproducer. It's that simple. You have to go back. We're back. No, I'm gonna. We're, We're back. back. It is, is the it's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, and Jason Kohler, who was he can't drive. He's got a four wheel drive car that is like fifty thousand dollars, and it's so hysterical because he's just scared to drive it on even wet roads. So he's sitting at the red light in Boulder, Colorado, looking very hip slick and cool. Up in the next car, who pulled up? Uh, Coach Prime. Coach Prime. And what Coach Prime, and was he nice to you? His sweetheart. Wasn't that the most beautiful thing ever? Yeah. Kind of made your day. Made my month. And he yeah. said, nice car. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then he talked about how cool you were. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice. Well, you know why? Because you're really nice. And you deserve every bit of it. All right? I love you. This is Jason. He is the producer of this show. Bob is walking around doing something, and that's pretty cool. I'm, so we're back. I'm back. This is so awesome. I love him. I love Bob Bodine. Spiritual and natural things, and natural and spiritual things. And that's my kind of guy. Of course, he's about ready to fall over. So I hope he's. I am. I'm moving in a spot to make sure this phone does it. It was supposed to be like perfectly like ready. And I'm making sure that all of a sudden I don't miss something. And we go out. So here we go. Okay, good. So I want to talk about him for a second while we're doing this. Yeah. I got in some deep trouble uh, a couple of months ago where I didn't know where to turn. And instead of turning to anywhere, I turned to two chairs, his book, sat down with God. And then I called Bob Bodine. And I had a really powerful conversation with him on the phone. Two men talking about things that are deep water stuff with nobody judging or shaming the other guy. He didn't, you know, he wasn't in a position where he needed anything. I was. And it's just unbelievable to me that I've got friends like Bob Bodine in my life. And I want all of you to go get the power of who and two chairs to understand what I'm talking about. Because then I went down to Texas and... Bob Bodine picks me up and we're trying to, I don't have no idea, but the next thing I know we're over, we're heading to his country club for breakfast. So instead of having like 
going to Cracker Barrel with me and spending five bucks. We're going to spend 200 and go to his his cup, his unbelievable country club. And we go peeling in there and we walk across the room and everybody's going, hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. But the most beautiful thing was the waitress. She literally had tears in her eyes as Carmen. she and Bob talked about her life because this guy looks past nobody. He looks down at nobody unless he's looking down at them to pull them up to his level you need to be Bob Bodine. I love this guy. He is absolutely at my top of my list of go-to in deep water guys. So, sorry, did I do okay? You did great. Okay, good. Take and, it away. And I think this is, you know, this is an interesting thing, and, and maybe we pull this in here, is that, you know, you are a guy who has a long-standing, deep, deep faith. And yet you run in circles all the time with people from every possible walk of life. And I would imagine, and I, I'd love just to kind of hear you talk about this, but you know, your job in those, in those conversations is not to tell people what they should have done. It's not to judge people. It's not to look down. I mean, you, I would imagine you have seen stuff that I can barely even imagine in terms of the types of deep water that clients of yours and things like that have gotten into. And so when you see that kind of stuff, how do you show up in the space of non-judgmental and supportive and kind and not go to that place of, well, you should have done this or whatever that is? So it's such a good question. And one of my favorite things in the world is to help people in trouble. Um, but I see trouble in a totally different manner than other people. I see trouble as an opportunity in disguise. And, and of course, my favorite thing is, Someone comes in, they meet me, they're really coming in. Uh, they could be ridiculously successful and they, they just got in trouble. Uh, they just had a relationship break. They just had, they got fired. They cheated. They did something. There's something how in this and they come in and sit with me. And then they kind of want to talk about the power of Bob. And I didn't, of course, write that book. I wrote the power of who. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> I always first start out and sit with them and say, Hey, so so I heard about your situation. I just want to say right off the bat, congratulations. Like this is the greatest day of your life. And the shock like on their face, I think is just surprising. What do you mean? I go, I said, uh, listen, you hated that job. You, you, you got divorced in that job. You, you were, you got in trouble doing something. Wouldn't it be fantastic to, to now pick and choose what it is that you'd love to do? And that's what we're going to talk about. Dreaming out loud. You get to dream out loud with your friends. We get to stop and get them to understand that God isn't like mad at you. He's not mad. He made you. He made no mistakes. He's got a plan for you. And the answer is he just likes to talk to you about it. And so most of the time, it's the simplest way for me to share something about two chairs is like, say, hey, look at like. You know, I, I, if I go through uh, two chairs with them, then they say and I say, hey, if there's like a one percent chance that the guy who created the whole world would like meet you tomorrow at your place and, and, and you know, do you own chairs? And they say yes. And I say, well, he'd come talk to you. I said, would you go? And they always they always say yes. And I said, well, yeah, exactly. Well, fantastic. Let's, you know, call me tomorrow after you have a conversation. That is so brilliant. We got to take a quick break and we're going to pick this up on the other side. We're with Bob Bodine on Legacy Leadership. Sorry, you did a great job oh my gosh. hitting the brakes for me when I realized, oh, no, I'm about to run away. You're too I'm riveting. all for you. Yeah. So listen, those, these kind of things, I, I'm watching. Yeah. You just you just managed me, and I'm good. 
You nailed it. <laughs> that was so perfect. Avelia Ariaza is on her here. Her son, Isaiah, just flew into Boulder, Colorado. He's the fifth-ranked 14-year-old high school football player in the country. Wow. And we are back. It is Tom Chenault. It's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And it is Bob Bodine, Adrian Chenault, and Tom Chenault. And we are having the time of our life with Bob Bodine. This is a long segment. And we're really going to talk about faith a lot and a lot about integrity and be in your word and never selling yourself out. Because I'm telling you, you start living your life like that and nothing can rip you asunder. And if you're aligned with the God of your understanding, all this trial and tribulation comes at you and you look at it with a smile on your face and say, you know what? God's got something bigger for me. That's why I'm going through this game on. And that's exactly what's going on. Bob Bodine is the man. If you don't have his books, you are out of your mind. If you don't have these books, there's got to be a reason for it. And if it's money, you call me and I'll buy you one. It's that simple. I will send you one for free because I'm telling you what, it is life-changing and I love him. I do too. I do too. So Bob, we were talking before the break about this moment, right? That you, you, people come to you, they've just, you know, maybe in their mind are walking into your office going, I have just completely ruined my career. I've blown up my life. I, you know, I've got no leg to stand on. I'm finished. And you get the opportunity to walk in there and completely transform their perspective and their headspace to move into a positive direction. And so what does that conversation look like? So the first thing is that uh, you, you, you set up your room where you're going to be, where they're going to come in in such an atmosphere that's so positive, that's so uplifting. Um, I think it's such a, you know, I have people coming to this office all the time and, and most of them are coming in either as candidates or they're coming in because they're really not happy. I mean, we have 69% of the country who believe that a bad day at the beach is better than a good day at work. I mean, we have 80% of the country are not using their number one talent. We had 40 million people resign during the whole aspect of the of the pandemic, and they haven't really found their way back. And they were all, you know, silenced and they were all quieted and they all couldn't do anything. They have no friends. We're all friendly, but we don't have friends. And so what happens is the first thing that I'm going to get them do is I'm going to hug them right off the bat. And and that just changes the the tone of this first meeting. And then I'm going to turn and say, hey, listen, I want to just tell you how fantastic you are. I want to tell you all the good things. I mean, everybody wants to talk about all the bad things. I want to talk about all the good. I want to remind you who you are, whose you are, and the path you're called. And I think that's so important today on Valentine's that we can go back to our mate and tell them how amazing they are. And then you still have time because I'm telling you, it's still a card, it's still chocolates, it's still flowers, and it's still something personal that God's going to whisper into your ear that you're going to get your wife today. Because there's nothing like uh, uh, having a woman at home who's your best friend. And we'll come back and talk about that. But I'm just saying right now, my favorite way is to change the atmosphere of the room. And so we're going to hug. I'm going to stop and tell you congratulations on losing your job and thank congratulations on the fact, you know, I had a guy who sent his son. He said, my son's had three DUIs. Everything's gone wrong. I don't know what to do. My wife and I are are going to have a nervous breakdown. And he says, no one, he can't, you know, no one can do anything. He can't drive. What should I do? And I said, I don't know, send him over to my office. And he goes, well, like, what do you mean? Send him over. I said, send him over. 
And he goes and he goes, when? I don't know. Drive him over now. Get him an Uber. And and so he did. And when and I said to him, I said, I looked at the kid and I go, so listen, your best is ahead. So hope, see the whole concept of the power of who is a message of hope is that if you have a hundred friends and I have a hundred friends, we don't have a hundred, but if we did, we don't have 200 friends, we have 10,000. How many do we need out of our friends to help this young man get his life back on track? One. And I'm gonna start and then I'm gonna open up everything that I can possibly do to help this person, to be able to get back on track, to believe in himself again, and then talk about the trouble to say, hey, so listen, it's hard, I want you, can you forgive yourself? And so we have to get into some conversations first. And the problem is, you know, most of the time they're not really mad at God in the, in the subject ever. They're mad at somebody who was, who's done something around that subject, right? Or they're mad at their dad or they're mad at something else. And so my first thing, you know, I love to do this is I'm going to get them in my saying, okay, so let's play a game. And everybody loves this game. So I'm going to get them to text message their best friend. And so first off, they're struggling to come up with a best friend, but we're going to still do it. And we're going to say three things. We're going to send it to their mate. We're going to send it to their dad or mom. They're going to send it to their, their son. They're going to send it to their brother. And then we're going to try to see who their friends are. We're going to send it. We're send the same message. And we're going to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Can you imagine someone just coming up out of nowhere and saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you. That's so unbelievable. These are the three most affirming lines. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate your friendship. And then we're going to say, I love you. And then everyone who's sending it to a guy from a guy looks at me like, huh, can I send that? I mean, what are they, what the heck? And I said, yes. I mean, there's like 180 words in the Greek language for love and we have one. So I love my wife, Cheryl, this year is going to be, can you imagine 40 years of marriage? And I mean, it's so spectacular and she's my best friend. And so, but I love my wife since there's only one word in the Greek language, you know, for the in our language for love. I love my wife, but I love tacos. So it's really confusing. (laughs) (laughs) No, the answer is so when we start to do this and we send these messages out when I do it with them one on one and everybody should do this. And if they have anything, it's remember this. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate your friendship. I love you. And then send it just like that. And then they send it out. And the person said, did you mean this for me? Yes. Yeah, I meant that. That's 94% of your mates send back that. I mean, it's the funniest thing in the world. And then we say, no, I meant this for you. And then we only have three lines. No, I meant this for you. I love you. And then if they come back and they go, oh, wow, ditto. We say, where's the love? And now what happens is the people that I'm sitting across are getting messages from their people, their who, that they didn't think they had. And they say, I, I'd do anything for you. I miss you. I love you. Where you been? Let's talk. Are you okay? What's been happening? You know, what happened to the fact that we would send notes and just talk? I have a, I had a friend, Carrie Turner, who just passed away in uh, the other, you know, about a month ago. He's my, one of my best friends. And he would send me a 15 to 30 second video. Every, I mean, a little voice message every, every day or every other day, just saying, Hey, Bob, I'm in the car. I'm heading to Pier 1. He was the chief financial. I'm heading to Pier 1. Just wanted to tell you what a day today is. Did I tell you today that I love you? Did I tell you that you're my best friend? And and I'd sit and listen to this. And what do you do with people like that? I don't know. I love them. (laughs) I'd do anything. And you know who's just like that? Uh, Adrian, your dad. Oh, no way. That's you. 
It's you're the most positive person. And it's the reason I love getting your messages. I love talking to you. I love getting when you're sitting with young guys and they say, hey, listen, I'm going to get Bob on the phone. I'm going to try. I want to answer the phone. Why? It you and freaks them out. Man. I, they tell me they, they think he's absolutely the greatest. I go, let's call him. But you don't even remember what happened early in our relationship because we've known each other so long. I dropped Bob Goff's name on Bob like I was something. And he goes, let's call him. It was hysterical because <laughs> Bob knows everybody and everybody knows Bob and they love each other. And I learned so much. You know, you got to forget your agenda, get into their agenda and let them know how much you love them. And the party's on, right? Amen. We got to get Bob Goff on this show. I didn't even think of, I haven't thought of him in a long time. What an amazing person. Uh, yeah. Ambassador. Yeah. Is he still alive? <laughs> how old is the poor guy now? I mean, he's, I mean, he's so tall. I mean, when he hugs you, you feel enveloped. <laughs> he's probably younger than you. Are. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> that was insulting. Okay, keep going. Well, you already uh, know Tom's, Tom's much younger than me. <laughs> uh oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> so I'm going to hard pivot because I want to, I, I wanted to go here and I, I want to make sure we have enough time for it. So we talked about that deep water. We talked about finding your hue and, and you already wove this in your amazing wife, Cheryl, and, and congratulations on coming up 40 years this year. I'll be, I'll be 15 this year. So you've got 25 years on wow. me and, you know, just from reading your books, let alone watching and hearing the way you talk about your wife and your kids and even, and, and then hearing about the way that you talked about your dad and his impact on you. Your love for your wife, your love for your family is something that I, is incredibly inspiring to me. And 40 years in, what's, you know, what, what's on your heart to share about what it takes to build a really powerful, really loving long-term relationship, Bob? You know, uh, it's, always, it's always the little things, right? It's, uh, it's, it's actually being being present i mean i think the greatest present anyone can give someone is their presence and they're actually looking at them and listening to them and trying to to do something it's like hey so like i'm thinking today as i was coming in i've been so busy this week i had so many things i'm thinking what could i get cheryl that she'd like she doesn't want me to go out because i just did something at christmas i don't want to do that i want something little and then so i was trying to think so today I've got like us. I went out and found this special perfume that I know she's just going to die for. And then a special body cream that she just will love. And then why? I don't know. It's just I don't want to get her something that she just thinks, you know, somebody, you know, that, uh, that I had to think about it. And see, there's something about a card that that you don't just sign. Love you, Bob, that you stop and write something that matters, right? That stops and takes a moment to say what you personally mean to me, right? And how you've been there for me. Um, you know, today, most people don't understand. I mean, there's a line in the Bible that says, there's no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. Um, and so friendship is the greater love. 
and see we've you know and and as i do these text messages people don't see they have a different category for their family in this right and that's the problem of the power of who they didn't see their friends and and family as resources and conduits to their dream and of course that was the big mistake god gave you all the people and when he gave you a the wife i mean you know when i met cheryl as as you know is i i went to a I went to a, a a church to listen to some guy give a talk who's from New Zealand, and he gave this great talk. I loved it. I, I decided I'd go back and listen to it one more time, and he was fantastic. I said to him afterwards, I said, wow, that was great. He says, come to, come to lunch with me and my wife and bring your wife. I said, well, I'm not married. And he says, great. So they go off, they sit, and then while we're sitting having lunch, he starts to giggle. And he says, I, I know the perfect person for you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he says, I do know. And he says, there's 2,000 people in this church. There's only been two people who told me this was a good talk. You and a girl named Cheryl. <laughs> and then we met. And on the first night we met because we had made a list of what we were looking for. I, you know, you get to a point in your life, if you're not married and you're listening to this, that you're saying to yourself, I wonder if I can still find my mate. I mean, everyone, listen, God wants you to have a best friend and a mate, somebody who cherishes you and loves you and tells you how beautiful you are. I have three daughters. I mean, dang it, you got to tell your daughters all the time how amazing they are, how gifted they are, how much they're still going to find that great job. They're still going to find it. My youngest isn't married. So we just had this talk again. And I said, you need to take two days off and go sit in Dripping Springs, Austin, near Austin. And you need to just get a house and just sit and talk to God. And so we made a list about everything in detail. And uh, we had written down the first day we met that we were going to marry this person. Can you imagine? And, it, and so I, I, I want people to understand is that friendship, God would not create a world where there's single people and widows and, and widowers okay, and not allow them to get the greater love. What's the greater love? Best friends. You might find somebody else who's a different model this or a different model that, but you ain't ever giving up your best friend. And go. in life, I'm just telling you, that's the key is my number one key for Cheryl and I, we forgive each other in seconds. I mean, we don't let the, we try not to let the sun down, but if we don't, by the time we wake up and hit two chairs together, and we're talking after I've been up a little bit, we wouldn't even, it's so silly. I'd never had an argument with my wife except about my kids. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we're going to take one last break and we're going to come back for the final segment with Bob Bodine. What an amazing story for Valentine's Day. And uh, we'll we'll pick that thread up on the other side. So you're listening to Legacy Leadership with Adrian Chanel and Tom Chanel. Amazing guest, Bob Bodine. We'll be back right after this. And after the show is over, it's going to continue. So this is a short segment, but we're going to keep him around for a couple minutes. He charges $25,000 an hour to speak. So I have no idea of the size <laughs> of the bill here, but I am going to tell you, it's worth it. The guy is the greatest. And I'm just praying that you guys hear him because your answers are in his two books. We're coming back right now. And we're back at Tom Chenault. That's Adrian Chenault. And it is Bob Bodine, the author of Two Chairs and The Power of Who. And literally one of the greatest guys I know. He has brought tears to my eyes. I don't know if you noticed it twice today. And I love him. I love him with all of my heart. It's Valentine's Day. And 40 years of marriage. How many? 
40. I mean, he's coming up 40. I'm coming up 15. If Holy right. mackerel. And I'm coming up on 100, I think. So, yeah, that's exciting. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. And, and you're both married to amazing women. I love your wives. Well, it's been pretty good so far. So let's hope the next 25 works out. So keep it up. There What's we up? go. There we go. So, Bob, you said something, and, and this is, a, a you know, oftentimes a reminder for me. And, and so maybe it's something that you've experienced too over the years, which is that, you know, I, I think you, you touched on this a little bit in, in talking about how people think about friends and family in a more general sense. But, I, you know, one of the things that I have struggled with at times over the years is that I forget to treat my wife like my best friend. I forget to lean on her like my best friend and to trust her with the things that worry me or scare me. And I, I tell myself a story that I am somehow protecting her and that's why I'm doing that. But I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't think that's right. And so have you ever wrestled with that? And, and what would you, what do you, what would you say, you know, 40 years in on, on how you combat that kind of thinking? So I had my, my dad was always like my number one who he was my best friend. And I, I mean, my mom was just one of those, the greatest people on earth. Uh, but when my dad passed away, um, in 2000, it's hard to believe it's 23 years. And it seems like yesterday, I mean, I talk to my dad all the time. It just seems like he's always near and I always get downloads from something that he's telling me. But one of the things that I think is amazing for people is that I asked my wife, if she be my number one who? That means I already, I said, you're one with me. God made us one spirit. You already know everything. You're already discerning. Women are so amazing. They have such a better discernment over men. It's so crazy. They, there's nothing my daughters could do that my wife didn't already know it or dream of that it was going to occur. I mean, so we would find out all their stuff. But my wife has a tenderness that knows when I'm hurt, when all of a sudden I'm not, I'm a little bit off, etc. And so I try to, I try to, I don't, I don't mess up and try to tell her things like, like every, I think there's a bad thing that men do is they, they're 99% of their time really going great. And then they have this trailing conversation that they come home and then they dump all the bad stuff on their wife. And, and, and it's just like, they lost their faith. Right. And so, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, just like goals and dreams and Hey, who should, you know, what happened here and what could we do about this? I mean, as you know, I mean, this has been a very last year, been a very tough year for Cheryl and I. I mean, um, so, you know, in June, we got a call from all of a sudden, a frantic call from my granddaughter and that she screamed out that my grandson had drowned. And Cheryl and I just looked at each other and we went into straight defense mode. And my son-in-law had gotten him out of the pool and revived him. And so everything is now like in a panic. And then Cheryl and I just prayed the whole way over to their house and we moved at a speed. So in this world, my quote, a life quote is John 16, 33, that in this world, you will have trouble. And then it says, you will be of good cheer. Cheryl's life quote is Philippians 4, 6 through 8, that says, be anxious for nothing. Just make your request known to God and the peace of God that passes and really surpasses understanding will fall on you. And then I want you to think on all these things that are good and pure and lovely and excellent. That was the last thing that we were thinking. <laughs> and we needed <laughs> to pray and get to our house. And when we arrived, the ambulance was already leaving. And then Cheryl and I just looked at Cheryl and I said, you got Jenny and Emma and I got Rob. And then 
from that day forward, you know, when things, when you're involved in a tragedy and, and, and so there's no neutral ground, you're either going to have faith or fear. You're either going to have faith or no peace. And so one of the things I tell people is don't keep all this stuff to yourself. I mean, what Tom was saying earlier, he's in all of a sudden a little trouble. The first thing he does is he shares it and he says, hey, what should I do? How should I do this? And that that's what people who are the, the brightest minds in the world share something because they know who they're going to share it with. That's their secret keeper. That's just going to sit and give them good advice that they're all for it. Well, we have no better friend than Jesus. <laughs> we just don't. And he's our advocate and he comes and tries to help us. He gave us the Holy Spirit to kind of comfort us. And I don't know how to express it, but on day two, we locked arms with our family and we surrendered and said to God, hey, we're going to we're going to trust you. And he stepped in the room. And so for people who, you know, there's everyone has got trouble. I mean, we know people every single day. My favorite thing is to talk to people and help them survive this. And I had to help my daughter survive it. Right. And when things aren't good, God's not done. I mean, I've got the good news. If no one has ever heard the story is that. My grandson did pass away on the and on the eighth day they did this honor walk. It's like for the it's like the most the medal of honor because you're gonna give your organs. And on day eight, he gave his heart to a four-month-old uh that had never been home from the hospital. And I mean, can you imagine how great their family is and their parents and their grandparents and their brothers and their sisters to get him? He's a he's like 10, 11 months old now. This is so fantastic. And then he we gave his liver to a kid who was on our floor, the ICU floor. We must have gone by because we prayed for everybody on the floor. Once once we surrendered, our, the, the room of Bo lit up. Right, my daughter was singing praise in his room and the nurses would come in and then they'd all sit and talk. And, and then he gave his kidneys, two little peanut kidneys to uh, to a 42 year old woman who was gonna die and, and, and from kidney failure. And she's okay and home. All three of those are home. And so I just turned to my son-in-law and I, I just said, you're my hero if you hadn't done this. So listen, um, a day in heaven is a thousand years. And so when I die, when Tom dies, I mean, dang it, we're going to see Bo. It had been like three minutes for him. And so I don't know the whole reason, but I can promise you God's in this with you. Guys, what a show. You need to go find Bob Bodine. Go to bobbodine.com. We'll see you next week with Mark Victor Hansen. Stick around after the show for the show after the show. All right. So I, I, cringe to interrupt even a moment of that because it was the it, most it, it is what it is and god but, knew uh, <laughs> and i just that perspective and and that legacy right we're we're talking about legacy bo bo's life lives on right in multiple people's lives because of that moment and what and can you imagine that bo is going to Bo, my daughter and her husband are going to meet them in the next six months. I mean, uh, that's going to be a day. And uh, and we have, I mean, we have multiple miracles. I will tell you, listen, it's the saddest thing in the world uh, to miss your grandson. But I will tell you that, um, you know, I had, you know, most people, as Tom will tell you in a test, is that we live in a very, very tough world. And uh and the answer is, is that, but somehow in the midst of this, God can pick you up 
and help you get there. And then once he does, you know, I really feel now more, more love. I love God more and I'm more ready to help people in their times of trouble than I ever have in my life. That's incomprehensible to me because my faith is not as deep as Bob Bodine or even Adrian Chenault in that realm. I'm positive of it because I don't know that I'm a good enough man to come out of that thing as fast as you did with that attitude, but it gives me something to strive for. And again, if you don't have the two chairs, if you don't have the power of who I've been with this guy for a long time and I wanted him, I didn't, I, I did, when, when, when we talked about doing this show, I did not ask him to talk about this because I know how hard it is and how raw it is. And the man that you're watching right there showed us how he walks his talk because that would be a really good chance to be very, very pissed off at God. And yeah. instead he celebrated the three lives given he actually says God had a bigger plan for Bo than being on this planet. And my wife, who's on here, has said many, many times in a situation that we're in, you know, we're not seeing the whole picture here, Tom. There's more. There is more. Stop grieving. There is more. And it's the smallness of Tom Chenault that I have to call somebody like Adrian or I have to call somebody like Ray Higdon or I have to call somebody like Bob Bodine. And it's just all of you, please please find friends like these guys because you're going to need them. Bob wasn't expecting to be in the shoes he was in, but God had a bigger plan for Bob Bodine. And he said, here's the deal. I'm going to show you this trial and tribulation. So you can show people how to walk through it. I love you, my friend so much. Love you back. And I so appreciate everyone's prayers. Everyone made, you could feel them all over, all over the, the, the country, all over the world. And, and uh, and there's a bigger story here. This, you know, this story is uh, tragic, except that's just not our story. And yeah. and so, you know, God rewrote this story and he wants to rewrite any pain, any shame, any problem that anybody who's listening, any trouble that you have, that if it's overwhelming and you're like down for the count, you call Tom and then Tom and I are both going to get on the phone with you. Because that day ain't going to happen because there's something better. The, my favorite quote in life is from G.K. Chesterton that says, the one thing in life that gives radiance above other things is there's something just around the corner. Are you looking for it? I got to get your head up. This is 2023. And we're done with the pandemic. We're done with this crap. We need to get going and have joy. And, and we're going to have joy tonight by calling people and telling them that we're thinking of them and we love them. And uh, we appreciate their friendship. And for sure, Zach, we're going to go home and hug our, our kids and our, and our wife as soon as we get <laughs> a moment to do that, because life is short. And, uh, and, and so I, I clearly understand that today. Hey, man, we love you. And we know you're a busy, busy guy. And you have, I'm telling you, this might be the best show we've ever done. I agree. We Bob, love you, man. Thank you. Thank we you very you. much. See you later.